Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit lifechurchstpeters.com. So I'm going to have uh, Daniel stay up here. He's probably going to grab his notes. Uh, this is a dear friend of Randy and mine. Uh, we were joined supernaturally in 1996 yeah. conference in England. Summer of 96, so it's, uh, I don't know, it's a long time ago. But God has joined us together. Uh, Daniel passed Daniel Fee. They lead the church in St. Charles, Illinois. He, uh, with a team of people, oversees churches in different countries. We love him. Uh, I personally lean on this man a lot for uh, his heart, his character, his gifting. Uh, we pray for his parents, uh, Peter and Barbie Reynolds in Afghanistan. Uh, that's their mom and dad. We talk about them here uh, a lot. But we just were so appreciative, so thankful for all that you bring to this church. It was a lady last night, Holly, was just talking about the giftings that are in this church because of uh, Fiona and Daniel's gifting. And they're just part of the team. He's not, he's not a superstar. He's just anointed, gifted, and does really well at what he does. Now, Jesus is the star. Jesus is the star. Um, but can we just pray for him real quick? Father, I thank you for this man. Lord, I pray that you would help him this morning to disperse everything amongst us that you've placed in his heart for us. Holy Spirit, strengthen him, encourage him with all liberality, Lord. He would discharge what you've given him for this body. We bless him. We bless Fee. We bless the boys. Thank you for him, Father, in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen. Dan Reynolds. If Thanks, you... everybody. Thank you, Tom. I'm on. Church, good morning. Are you all well? Oh, so good to be here. It does feel like a long, long time. And church, you've grown. You're going to have to break down some walls or something or make a smaller stage or I don't know, maybe go that way. But it's so exciting. I love walking in today and just walking into a room of worshipers. And uh, there's so much I want to say about Tom and Randy and their leadership and what they mean to Fee and I. But I, I just want to say that you as a church are so consistent and you're so stable. And this, the worship speaks of it. When, you know, a person without conviction is at the mercy of circumstance. And Tom and Randy have such deep convictions like to spend time in the presence of God and honoring his presence, no matter what. It's very unusual to worship just for an over an hour on a Sunday morning, but you do it. And what blessed me is that people were here from the start of the meeting and there wasn't more people coming just at the end because they just wanted to come for the preach. They came because they wanted to be in the presence of God yes. and to worship him. Yes. Someone once said to John Wimber, I didn't like the worship this morning, to which he responded, that's okay, it wasn't for you. <laughs> and I just, Tom was talking about titles earlier and how we've never been a big, uh, big on titles. And I just want to say this about Tom and Randy. Um, I have the privilege of meeting pastors most days, most weeks, and traveling to different churches. I, I, I don't say this lightly, but true pastors, I don't mean by title, senior pastor, executive pastor, youth pastor, but a true shepherd is very rare. I'm going to say that again. A true pastors, Ephesians 4 pastors, are very rare. And I just wonder, church, if you could just stand and honor Tom and Randy. So true. So true. Tom and Randy discipled Fee and I, and uh, one of the prophetic words that just came, I just thought about it again. It's like someone used it about a band and Tom knows the orchestra. I thought, that's it. 
is some people just, Tom and Randy, have, from the day they started this church, have been beating this drum of conviction. And other people have come in with ghetto blasters and, you know, big turning up volumes and people have, all different sounds have tried to drown that out. But at the end of the day, people come and people go, but there is a sound and a rhythm of heaven in this house. And I just want to honor you all and say it's so consistent. And God is attracted to a people that he can trust. And he trusts you. And people from all, from nations and generations will come here because you're consistent. Don't change. Don't change. Keep doing what you're doing. You may have to break down some walls, but just keep honoring the Lord. Many of you may have heard of Jesus' image and Michael Koulianos. A few Sundays mornings, a few Sundays ago, they worshipped for three and a half hours. Beautiful. <laughs> and we're up against that. In the society that we live, we've got to get moved to the next thing. But if you really think about it, the only part of the gathering that is for him is worship. The prophetic word is for us. The notices are for us. The preaching is for us. The barbecues are for us. But it's the only part. And the more we honor him, I just believe the anointing is simply when the Holy Spirit says, I agree. And so when we sing songs about him, it's okay, but then we start singing to him. And suddenly the room shifts. You're like, oh, I like this song. No, it's the Holy Spirit saying, I agree with that. Because so many songs are just about us and what we want to do, and I need this, and he's running after me, and don't worry. This true. He is. But when we just stop and just go vertical, something happens. And so it happened in worship this morning when Heather was leading. There was a shift and it stopped. I thought, oh, yeah, this is the lull where it's going to stop. And suddenly there was this awe of God. And, and it was amazing. Anyway, I'm just going off. I don't know what I'm talking about. Peter and Alison Scott, where are you? Can you stand? This is a couple from Bath. Life Church Bath, everybody. <laughs> I've known this couple since I was a little boy, and Tom didn't tell me they were going to be here until, I, like, yesterday. I'm like, what? Peter Allen Scott here? It's just great. So, um, and I, I feel, it makes me laugh, because every time I see them, they're like, oh, trying to fight jet lag. I'm like, that's how I feel every time I'm in England. <laughs> Love you guys. Great to see you. All right. Um, how long am I going? I'm going to go fast. Is that okay if I go fast? Now, I, I, I don't confess over my life that I have ADDs, but if I speak too, far, too slowly, I actually start thinking about other stuff and I bore myself. So I'm going to go fast. Plus, I know there's, there's not a lot of time this morning. So I'm going to keep about this speed. Is that okay? And if, you just, if it's just too fast, I'm like, I can't remember what he said, then just go back and play it at half speed. Yeah, but I'm back again in two weeks and then I'll go a little bit slower then and Fee's going to be with me. And so, it's, uh, so she'll keep me in check. But... Um, if you can turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to go this morning. We're going to go fast. This is going to be fun. Hebrews chapter 12. The title of my message today is God's Great Relay Race. And I want to provoke us. I want to, if, you know, the writer of Hebrews says, consider how you may spur one another on toward good deeds. And that's in these short minutes that I have with you this morning. I want to spur you on. I want to encourage you. I'm going to keep you awake. So, but let's start by reading the word of God. Don't you just love the word of God? I love the word of God. I just, let's just take a moment just to take, take a deep breath. We're about to read the Word of God. Oh, you know, this is, I don't want to go on a tangent, that's why I'm trying not to do this, but you know, the Word of God is being questioned and challenged across the world. It really, really, I'm a pretty passive guy. I mean, I'm passionate, but I don't really get angry. That makes me angry. It really does. Like I was thinking the other day, it's like, if I was in, if I was the devil, and I'm not, by the way, but if I was, but I thought, how can I, how can I throw the church, God's people, off? I, I would probably come up with the best plan would be, well, if the only weapon they have is a sword, 
What would happen if we could try and convince the church that their weapon wasn't real? (laughs) So like their sword, like that's what they've got. Ephesians chapter 6. And take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What do you think, demons? Do you think we can do that? And then, so now there's this stuff going through the church. Like, well, is it really poetry? Is it infallible? Is it? And so churches, I'm watching people on statements of faith. Like, we use the Bible as one of our resources. Ah! It's almost, I I, I don't want to drop my Bible on the ground, but it's almost like the devil's got us to disarm. To put our, our sword down. I thought, what's next? Now our shield? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... So now we have no faith. We have no defense. We have no weapon. Duh! Church. We've got to stand up. We've got to fight this stuff. So anyway, let's read the word. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race with perseverance, the race that has been marked out for us. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I want to talk about God's great relay race because this isn't it we are just we've got this race and there's an end to it and we can win we can actually finish I love the words up there it is finished it's a Greek word to telestai it is paid in full church this is we, we've can, we can actually run our race, but there's an enemy that wants us to grow weary. There's an enemy that wants to put down our swords. There's an enemy that wants us to put down our shields. We can't do it. You know, yesterday I left early this morning. I had an 11 o'clock appointment, and then I had a 12 o'clock appointment or a 1 o'clock appointment. Um, one was for breakfast, and then there was like a second breakfast, and then there was like a lunch, and then there was like an early supper, and then a second supper. And it was great. I was really excited. You know, because it's the life of the pastor, you know. And so I left my house really early, and I was just getting onto the highway. And as I turned onto the highway, I heard this horrendous bang. I mean, it I was like, what? It sounded like a gunshot. I'd hit a pothole about this big in my car, and the tire just blew. Anyway, cut a long story short, I called a tow truck, then I didn't get a tow truck, and then I changed the tire myself, which is, God, when did the last time you changed the tire on the highway? It was, I'd forgotten, almost forgotten how to do it. But anyway, cut a long story short, I, w- I was delayed hours and hours and hours. I had to get four new tires. And so when I finally chose the place that could actually fit the tire, I said, is there any breakfast places? You know, because I missed my breakfast in St. Louis. And they said, yes, there's a place called Cinnamon Apple or something. And so I walked in and it was like, you know, those restaurants, they're kind of, um, nothing's been like upgraded, you know, for like ever. Anyway, and I went in there and there um, there was lots of people who were older than me in there. Right. So I'm sitting there and I thought, great. So I got the menu and I'm just and I'm starting to hear a conversation going on with five people, four or five. There's one coming, sitting down, then they leave. And they were all talking about death. And I'm there reading my Bible and looking at my notes for what I'm saying to you right now. And as I'm sitting there, one of them says, well, I I'm going to be cremated. And the other one said, well, you can't be cremated. Well, you can be cremated, but you said you wanted to be wearing your gold watch and all your rings. They said, yes, I can, ha- I can be cremated. No, you can't. They have to take them all off. And the other one said, yeah, you can be buried with those, but you can't be. And I was like, what's going on? The other one said, well, I don't care. I just want to go to Vegas. I want to have... And the other one said, why do you want to go to Vegas? Because the best time I ever had in my whole life was in Vegas. And I just love Vegas. It's how it made me feel. And I want that feeling again before I die. I actually want to die in Vegas. And, I, and I'm just watching this thing in, looking at my notes and listening to this conversation, looking at my notes and, 
there's a great crowd of witnesses and throw off everything that hinders and run the race, perseverance, pass, pass, forward. What? Well, I want my ashes. Well, you can't decide. You don't know if your family will put your ashes. They may not want to drive that far to Colorado to your favorite little spot, fishing spot, and sprinkle your ashes. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? And I thought, if you did not know the Lord, that's really where it's at. There's no hope. Church, we have a hope. He who has the most hope has the most influence. But we're trying, there's an enemy that's trying to cut in on us. Paul writes to the church in, I believe it's Colossae, and he says, who bewitched you? Who cut in on you? Who lied to you? Why are you believing this lie? And church, I just want to, if you're believing a lie, or you've come out of COVID just like weary, so you don't grow, you know, weariness grows. Weariness doesn't go away from a good night's sleep. I personally believe weariness is actually demonic. Weariness actually means to make old before it's time. You ever want, you've had a good night's sleep, but you still wake up tired. But it's not just of the physical, it's something of the soul. Daniel chapter 7 says this, Before the Ancient of Days comes, the enemy will come to weary the saints, to wear down the saints, to make the saints feel old before their time. Church, we can fight it. But we need, a, we need a sword. <laughs> Hello. We need a shield. And we got to fight. We're in a fight. But the good news is, we win. I read the end of the book. It's great. It's so good. We win. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I got five points. I think I'm going to spell relay just so that you know where we're going. Right? Okay. So relay starts with the letter R. And R is for run. Will you say that with me? Run! Okay, so the writer of Hebrews chapter 12, as we just said, read this, says this. Run the race with perseverance, the race that has been marked out for you. In, in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, it says this. I'm going to read it to you for the sake of time. If you have raced with the footmen and they have worn you out, how will you keep up with the horses. If the footmen have worn you out, Jeremiah says, Jeremiah chapter 12, did I say Jeremiah? Yeah, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. If the footmen have worn you out, how will you contend or how will you stand up against the horses? That's a really interesting scripture. Talking about race, talking about running, talking about running. Everyone say run. Run the race with perseverance. If the footman, in other words, if the first round has knocked you out, church, how are you going to keep up with the second round? Let me read this to you, and I love this. This is Jesus talking on the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking, and he uses this language, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Right? Some of you may have heard this before. Tom and Randy may have talked about this or someone here, but it says this. A casual reading of these words today would give you a mental picture of the word meekness as that as far from the forceful image common in Bible times. Our dictionary defines meekness as easily imposed upon, submissive and spineless. But wait a minute. Once you realize that this word is a translation of a Greek military term, you get a completely different picture. The Greek word praos was used to define a horse trained for battle. Wild stallions were brought down from the mountains and broken in for riding. Some were used to pull wagons. Others were raced, but the best were trained for warfare. They retained a fierce spirit, courage, and power, and were disciplined to respond to the slightest nudge or pressure of the rider's leg. They could gallop into battle at 35 miles per hour and come to a sliding stop at just one word of its rider. They were not frightened by arrows, spears, or torches. They were said to be the meeked. When Jesus says, blessed are the meek, he's not talking about being spineless. He's talking actually, blessed are the trained, for they will inherit the earth. Best are the meek, best are the war horses. So watch this. Where Jeremiah says, if the footmen have worn you out, how will you stand up against the horses? I'll tell you how. 
by what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. Because we are stronger than the horses. Why? Because we are trained. We're the best of the best. Because we're the meeked. Church, in this race, we need to run and not be wiped out by footmen by the first round. But realize this is a time of training. Paul says in Corinthians chapter 9, he says, anyone who goes into the races runs to get a prize that will fade, but you do it to get a prize that will never fade. And then he says, and he who goes into the races goes into strict training. Strict training. I think some of these disciplines we've come away from, the the whole thing that we're in war, we need to, you know, David says he trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Sometimes it gets really up close and personal. But church, we need that. We need to be trained. In this race, we need to be ready. To not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And Paul says, then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his perfect, pleasing and acceptable will. How? Because we've been transformed by the way that we think. Never before, like never before. Some of the things I'm hearing that, that t- are going to be taught in schools, it just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just so ridiculous to me. It's just so outside of my frame of thinking. It's just, what on earth? Now, now I'm starting to get agitated. Like, okay, church, let's go. Let's, come on, church, let's rise. Come on, church, let's do this. All right, R is for run. Number two is expectation. I'm spelling the word relay. Expectation. Will you say that with me? Expectation. Expectation. You know, our eschatology is really important, and I don't want to go into whether you're A-mill, pre-mill, post-mill, pan-mill, that you believe it'll all pan out in the end. Whatever, you're, whatever it is that you believe, I just want to say this, we win. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 2 says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord will be the chief mountain, and the world will come to Zion and say, teach us your ways, O people of God. The world will come to Zion, will come to the house of the Lord, and say, will you teach us your ways? Isaiah chapter 60. Nations will come to your light, kings to the brightness of your dawn. This is happening, I won't say where, but many of you know where my parents live, and I'm sure Tom and Randy have kept you posted of what they're doing, but actually, that is actually happening right now. I'll call them the, the T-Ban, or the Kaeda. At the highest level, Sit with them and actually say, will you please show us how to lead a nation? Daniel served King Nebuchadnezzar. Joseph served Potiphar. It's not being necessarily on top saying, oh, we're in charge now. But it's saying we will serve and with our wisdom. But it's actually happening. My mother said this, I was here before all of you were born. (laughs) Now you listen to me. She said, my husband and I got married here. We love this nation and we will help you. But these are the rules. And they're like, (laughs) yeah. Authority. Authority wins over power. Jesus has given you authority over all the power of the enemy. The enemy has power, but he doesn't have authority. Jesus, I've given you that authority. So, oh, Isaiah 61, 60, nations will come to your light. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me too. Preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. Whew. I haven't got time, but if you do a little study on where where it transitions, Isaiah does, and he starts saying they will be. They will be called the planting of the Lord. They will rebuild. They will. Who will? The people that got set free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to set captives free, to bind up, and it lists all these things, and he says, and they will be. 
Who will be? The ones who just got set free. Can I encourage you to the people at work, the people who are hopeless right now, the, who, the people who are, are coming to the end of their life. You have an opportunity to say, hey, there is a hope. It's not how you die, whether you're allowed to die with your diamond watch. Or whether you get to play one more time in bingo so you can hear that music. <laughs> or argue with your great-grandkids over where your, where your ashes are going to be sprinkled. But we can actually live with an expectation that we win. Yes. This is just it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run the race with perseverance. The race that has been marked out for us. There's actually markers along the way. I'm going to keep moving. I'll just say this. One of my favorite scriptures is in Romans 8. That all creation is waiting, watch this, with eager expectation. One of my favorite moments this morning. I opened my eyes in worship. And I looked across and I saw Don and Bob Casabamba. And as the musicians were singing, oh, it's a song. Um... All the earth will shout your name. Yeah. I watched Don and Bob go from sitting where they are right now, just there, like this. And Don went like this. And it was like the words, all the earth will shout your praise. Yeah. And Don, Bob, that's what you've given your life to. Yeah. To see the earth shout his praise. And I caught, just as I was just turning my head, I turned back. And I, you stood to your feet and you took a point, you started to point, that's it. Yes. And I took a picture of you, sorry. <laughs> so if you're security and you're wondering who's that weird guy in the back that no one's ever seen taking pictures of people, it was me because I was so moved by Don going, all oh, the earth will shout his praise. Do you believe that? Yes. <sighs> it's really going to happen. All right, L. Um, R-E-L, look Forward, keep looking forward, church. Keep looking, keep looking forward with your eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, one of the ways we can do that is you know, this, this Bible is his voice in print. Well, how do you keep your eyes on for Jesus? It's his voice in print. This is the only book you will ever read where the author is always present. Read it aloud. Fill the room. Fill, fill, fill your car. With the word of God. I just love reading the word of God. Sometimes I'm on my own. I'm just like, ah, this is amazing. It's alive. I've never, ever seen that before. Because it's alive. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword that comes out of our mouths. That's why let the word of God dwell in you richly. But one of the ways we can keep looking forward and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus is by keeping our gaze fixed in and on his word. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, Abraham was looking forward to a city with foundations whose builder and architect is God. If you look for a relay runner, someone who's in a relay race, they're looking, they are looking forward to the person they're going to hand the baton or the baton. Which one is it? Baton, baton here. Baton in England. Baton. And then the person who's going to receive it is also looking with that expectation, waiting for it. But church, as we're running our race, until we finish, keep looking forward. Jesus says anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. What does that mean? If you know what that means, if you've ever been, um, if you've ever ever been plowing, you know, you've been plowing. (laughs) Have you ever had, you've ever, if you had a kid in, a, in one of those uh, things, like burly things behind, you, you know, behind when your bike, okay, that's the best example I could give you. If you've ever been driving along with a little child, we have twins, uh, they turned 20 this month. Can you believe that? That's crazy, isn't it? Actually, next month. 20 years old. Anyway, when they were small, I got one of these burly things that went on the back of a, your bike, you know, from a garage sale, and we put the twins when they were like babies. Yeah. Anyway, I had learned this lesson really quickly. Um, you can't drive too fast or change lanes because it, it, it sways. And then you hit a bump and the baby's passionate. Apparently it's bad for them. Yeah, so I learned that really good. But 
But Jesus says, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, if you look back, you go like this. And what happens is you mess up everything you just did. So when Jesus says, it's really just saying, don't look back. Keep looking forward. Keep going. You know, we were with uh, the privilege of sitting just with some of your leaders last night. And I just said this. I'm just so thankful that people are still alive, married, and loving Jesus. Because even that's really rare. I've lost 12 people in the last 12 months that are close to me. And it's just, I didn't see it coming. And life can be really fragile. But church, we have to keep going. And I, the, the pain that I've seen in this last year, of people says, I'm not going to go anymore. I'm out. And the Bible talks about that. But not so for us. Keep going. Keep looking forward. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Anyone know what Lot's wife was called? Don't say salty. (laughs) She went down in history with no name. Why? Because she looked back. The past is a great teacher, but it's a terrible master. You can write that down. The past is a great teacher, but it's a terrible master. Church, don't live in the past. I'm going to finish in just a moment. Stay with me. Don't let your past dictate your future. Don't let your future be robbed because of your past. Someone had a prophetic word, gentlemen, right here, about about knowing that you're forgiven. And I want to finish with that in a moment, just to deal with this whole issue of it really is finished. Because if you believe a lie, then you empower the liar. I know so many people right now, they're just living in lies because they're just, the enemy is living living rent-free in their head. And we're going to serve him notice today. We're going to evict him today. Because we've got a race to run. And it's a great relay race. We could be the last ones. You know, the Bible says in, in Peter, it says that we can hasten the day of his return. Yes. It says this in New Living Translation, God is not slow in keeping his promises as some consider slowness. No, he's being patient for your sake, not went wanting any to perish, but all come to the knowledge of him. God's actually being patient for the world's sake. Yes. But he's saying, and by the way, you lot, you can hurry it along. Because all creation is eagerly waiting in expectation of the sons of God to be revealed. To be revealed. What does that mean? For us to stand up. And allow his glory to to continue to shine upon us. Come on. All right. Okay. So keep looking forward. Keep looking forward. Okay. Um, Maybe just do this this week. Ask yourself, what causes you to look back? What causes you to look back? Just start dealing with some of those issues. All right. You ready? E. No. A. (laughs) A is for acceleration. In this great race, we need to keep accelerating, going going faster. There's times we need to slow down course. But I want to talk about there's there's something happening in the world. You watch it, see, you watch it, you watch it in social media, you watch it in technology, you're watching it in in woke theology, you're watching it in society, you're watching it in education. Everything seems to really be really happening. And the ch- we have to be careful, church, that we don't just Oh, we just become overwhelmed by it. And heaven forbid we become transformed by it. Don't conform to the patterns. Watch this. Patterns of this world. You know patterns? If you look at your t-shirt or you look at your jeans, there's a pattern in them. That pattern has a beginning and it has an end. Paul says to Timothy, keep to the pattern of sound doctrine. That has an origin and it's God. The patterns of this world have a, has an origin, and it's the devil. Paul says, do not conform to those patterns, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he says, you'll know what God's will is. His perfect... Well, I don't know what your will is. Check your pattern. Well, where would I get my pattern from? Seems we don't believe this anymore. <laughs> then we have nothing. Poems? Philosophy? And honestly, God will wait for another generation, and it will happen 
boom, we'll all go. There'll be a great revival. People will fall in love with Jesus again. I, we don't have to do that. We can get, let's, 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 do our, let's run our race with perseverance. It's been marked out for us. There's markers along the way. And we're getting there. So acceleration. Amos, chapter 9. I'm going to read this. We're nearly done. I, I, um, John Block read from the message earlier. I thought, cool, this is great. This is Amos chap- chapter 9. You know the scripture it says, and the reaper will overtake the sower? This is what the, um, Eugene Peterson says. Yep, indeed, it won't be long now. That's God's decree. For things are going to happen so fast that your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't even be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessing and blessing, like wine being poured off the mountains and the hills, making everything right again for my people of Israel, says the Lord. Everything's going to happen all at once. It's happening in the world, but it needs to happen in the church too. But in the meantime, we're just like, oh, no, but I just don't understand. I just, uh, I I don't know what's going on. I am just disappointed. I'm scared. You know, the Bible Jesus says, there will be terrible events. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be famines. There will be frightful, fearful events. Then he says this, but you, church, do not be frightened. Stand up. Lift up your head. Read it, it's in Luke. But you, do not be frightened. Well, I'm frightened. Well, stop it. (laughs) Because if you're just like, but I'm frightened, then stand around people who are not frightened. I have no hope. Find someone who does. I'm I'm weak in my faith. That's okay. Me uh, me too. There's times I'm I'm like, okay, uh, this is, wow. This is intense. Takes a lot to shock me, but recently I've been like, What? No. They did what? Why? Don't be frightened. Stand up. Lift up your head. Oh, you gates. All right. Acceleration. Running. You can write these down. Where do I run? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. So run towards God. (laughs) Well, I don't know where to run, though. Do I run to my car? No, run towards the Lord. Run towards his name. Someone said this yesterday. I think it was Randy. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Think about that for a moment. When we read the word of God, sometimes just slow it down. Yeah, yeah, I love this scripture. In all your ways, acknowledge him and you make your path straight. Stop. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Wow, that's, that's, that's a good theme for a whole year. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In your f- emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially, and all the other illies. Lord, I acknowledge you. Anyway. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. So run towards God. Here's another one. Run away from sin. Remember Joseph in Potiphar's house? He ran away. He ran away. We can actually run away from sin. Get going. Move it. Let's go. Run. But it's just so attractive. It's just so tempting. It's like Bug's life. Well, maybe you're being taken out by footmen. Maybe it's time to get really radical with some discipline and become the meeked. Maybe I need to feel that nudge of the rider, the Holy Spirit going, stop it. Yes, Lord. Stop it. Why? It won't matter. It's just me. No, all creation actually is waiting for you. Because you're sons and daughters and creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Here's another one. Run towards your enemy. You know, Goliath went with David and Goliath. He actually was, David, Goliath was on this side of the valley. David was on this. So he ran down into the valley and then he ran up the other side of the valley. He ran at him. We can run at our enemy. 
All right, and finally, yes, finally, why is for you, say me. me. Now point to the person next to you and say you. you. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. I want to just end with you because I want to keep it really personal. I don't want you to just think about the person next to you. I want you to think about you. Say me. 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 So that I do not grow weary and lose heart. God wants me to run this race with perseverance. He wants me to finish it. It's actually got markers. It's actually been marked out for me. There are actual stages along the journey. John Block and I were talking about yesterday, and it's talking about Joshua chapter 3. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the priests of the Levites carrying it, you're to move out of your position and follow it because you've not been this way before. In other words, when you see what God is doing, you're actually to move position. There's a movement involved. Why? Because only when you move can you see which way to go. And by the way, the way to go is a way that we've not been before. And this, so here we are, we're on markers, we're in this great relay race. Church, we've got to keep moving, we've got to check our markers. But it's about us. God is talking to you. Or creation is waiting for you. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now at work in you. Me. That's a lot of power. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now working you. That's the truth. For we, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Who is? You is. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the truth. You. You're in a race. I'm in a race. There's dreams that he has given you. I just want to end with this. And because when, what, what's your name again, sir? Mark. Mark. When you said that, I'm like, yes, that's it. And I just wonder if in a moment you could come up again and just pray that prayer again about people knowing that they are forgiven. Yeah. And you can close your eyes in a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish in just a couple of seconds. I got to you so you know I finished. May I make make plural and call it relays? No, no, just kidding. (laughs) In Hebrews, it says this. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. This is this. Who like Jacob made a trade with his brother Esau for a bowl of soup. Stop. Selah. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. New Testament. Who like Esau traded his birthright It was his birthright. It was his right, the inheritance, the land. Everything was his right as the older son. But he traded it with his brother for a bowl of soup. What? So now the writer of Hebrews is like, hey, see to it that you don't do that. This is actually the context is when he goes on to say, and see to it, it, no bitter root springs up from amongst you and defiles many. That's the context. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. So before I want to say what I want to say, I want to say to you that we're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to end in a moment, we're going to pray, but we can miss the grace of God. And this morning I want to say, don't miss it. Yes. It should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. And the fathers of the faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. I think you mean Jacob. Yeah, but it should have been him. What? Really? Yeah, it was his birthright. 
Well, why didn't he get it? Traded it. Why? Bowl of soup. <laughs> what? He changed history for a bowl of soup? Yep. Wow. That's insane. That's intense. Yeah. See to it that it doesn't happen again, you lot. Oh. See to it that no one misses the grace of God who, like Esau, traded his birthright for a bowl of soup. You know, when I read my Bible, I sometimes think, God, why did you have to put that in there? I, you know, David was awesome. He led Israel to its highest height, killed Goliath. That was good, right? He did all these amazing things. Just leave it there. I probably wouldn't have put in, well, he was a peeping Tom. No, just, yeah. I probably would have said, yeah, he should have been at war, but he was. He stayed in bed, slept in late, got up, saw this girl bathing, and uh, said he wanted to commit first-degree murder. Yep. By the way, most of the writers of the Old Testament committed first-degree murder. Most of them committed first-degree murder. Anyway, so I probably wouldn't have said that. I probably wouldn't have mentioned that about... David, I would have just said, David was great, killed Goliath, amazing guy, psalmist, went through some good times, bad times. I would have left out those bits. If I was God, I wouldn't have put Moses, I would have said Moses was amazing. You know, he had a bit of a hard time and he was wandering around for 40 years. But then he went back because God told him to Israel and he let out millions of people into the promised land. He was, he was great. He was amazing. I wouldn't have said probably, but he murdered someone. Another murderer. I probably would just left that out. Probably, if I wrote the Bible, I probably would have left, I would have told Samson that he was great. Great story. He's really muscly and his long hair and he dreadlocks, really cool. And uh, he, he, he was just, he was great. Yeah, it was Samson. Yeah, he was, he was God's man. He was, yeah, I, I probably would have just said, and he, yeah, I think he just, he, he served the Lord in his generation. I, I wouldn't have said, yeah, he ended up walking in circles and was blind, was demon-possessed. That's a shame, isn't it? I probably would have just left that bit out. You know, before he had that last bit of strength and he's walking in circles. Yeah. But you know, God put them in there. I probably, if I wrote the Bible, I would have just left out the bad bits about Noah, I would have just been like, like Noah was this guy, right? And he had just had eight people and uh, he had favor with God and every inclination of man's heart was evil all the time and God sent a flood, don't even know what water was. But this guy, Noah, he was amazing and he, he, he built this ark and he filled it with animals and he, he, he really started the whole world again. What a great guy. I would have left out the, the fact that when he did start, he built a vineyard and got drunk. But you know, I'm really glad that God left those things in because it gives us hope. That even when we mess up, God says, I still want to use you. And so I want to pray in just a moment. And Mark, if you can come and join me, we're going to just stand and pray. That whatever it is that is stopping you running your race, that today... You'll throw off everything that hinders. And you'll get rid of the sin. Watch 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 this. That so easily entangles. One of the ploys of the enemy is, it's only you (gasps) that's caught in the sin. Easily entangled. Get out of it. Stuff that's, other stuff's not sin. It just, you can just throw it off. Hmm. Right. By the way, Noah had his sons and Ham saw his father's nakedness. Do you remember? And he went and told his brothers, ha, dad's naked. Come and have a look. He's crazy. Yeah, he built a vineyard and then he got drunk wine and this is really embarrassing. You've got to come and see. So Shem and Japheth, if you remember, went in backwards and they covered their father's nakedness. And the judgment then came, watch this, on Ham's son, not Ham, on, it's a generation, it came on his son, Canaan. Watch this. 
what's under a curse, God will never leave as a curse. And what was a curse became the promised land. Church, can we stand? And I want to pray. And I ask Mark to come to. Just put your hands out like this. We're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. We're in a race. I know this is really bad and I shouldn't do this, but someone said to me the other day, I'm dying. And as a pastor, everything in me should have said, oh no, we're going to pray and you're going to be fine. But I was really tired and I was thinking about other stuff and I went, no, oh, a bit jealous really. And they went, excuse me? I said, well, you're going to get home before me. She said, are you being serious? I went, oh no, let's pray. I mean, <laughs> Jesus' name. But if I'm really honest, that's actually how I felt. Like, ah, I want to. I mean, I don't really, because I've got to run to finish my race. But church, this, 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 we're going to spend eternity together. Yes. This is it. Yes. Let's run the race with perseverance. Yes. The race that has been marked out for us with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let's just get rid of it this morning, right here, right now. Just you. God doesn't want to embarrass you. This isn't confession time. Just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to deal with this right here, right now. I'm going to leave it here. And I'm going to, and, and Mark's going to pray for forgiveness, that we really know that we're forgiven. It is finished. It is paid in full. The wrath of God was satisfied at Calvary. It was satisfied at Calvary. When the, when the curse was, he will strike at your heel, but he will crush your head. You know, when the Golgotha was called the place of the skull, and when that cross fell into the skull, it was a prophetic picture into that land of the serpent's head being crushed. Yes. So, you ready to pray, Mark? Yeah. Come on, let's just close our eyes right now. Yes. Whew. Father God. <clears throat> I just want each and every person that is listening knows that God has forgiven them. Yeah. Do not be deceived that your sins are greater than his forgiveness. For God has forgiven each and every one of us completely, wholeheartedly, with nothing left behind. Nothing in the future, past or present. I pray that each of us know God's love is greater than our sins. He has forgiven each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. I just speak to failure as well. Feelings of failure. Failure is not terminal. Keep looking forward. Get back on your horse. Because we win. Amen. Love you, church. Yeah, be blessed. Have a great afternoon. Amen. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's message of the week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.